This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their safe spaces, their bubbles around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined in Fokatani by Mawera Karatai, who's doing her hair at the moment. <laughs> Kia ora, Sam. <laughs> Look, I went to, I got this amazing hairdo the other day, and I spent uh, like two and a half hours getting all this colour put in it, and they straightened it, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, it looks so nice. And it looked nice for two days, and then I washed it this morning, and now it's on back to crazy curls. <laughs> and you've got a great new—you've got a great new T-shirt on. Yes, I can't tell you. I can—I can't really say what it actually means, but it's um—it's a T-shirt that uh, Toy and Tummy Eti put out, um, and it's colonised AF. So I'll let the listeners work out what the AF stands for with a really lovely bit of artwork by Tummy on it. But there's um, they're really great shirts, and if you can't all of you, be able to track them down. And who are we talking with today? Today we are talking with the very lovely Wendy Rapana, who is the coordinator of the Kaimai Mamaku Forest, um, for the Manaki Kaimai Mamaku Forest Board, um, based in Tauranga Moana. Um, and I, I sit on that board, and it's been amazing getting to know Wendy uh, and having an opportunity to see the world through her eyes. She's been involved in this board for a very, very long time, and to it actually becoming a board, uh, and, and really facilitated the whole process of, of uh, creating the board as we experience it now. Uh, and I just thought, wow, it would be really neat to, um, to sort of... To, extends that worldview into the COVID and what's happened and how she sees the world um, as we experience it right now. Kia ora, Wendy. Oh, you never said that's what we were going to talk about. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> well, I think I can handle that. <laughs> we can talk about, well, it would be really neat to just to hear about you and the work that you're doing and um, and just how you see the world now, because I mean the world has changed, and how how has it changed for you? And 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 just hear your story. Oh well, that sounds lovely. Thank you. Um, so, well, I'll, I'll sort of shall I start with who I am and where I came from, if you yeah. like. Yeah, so I'm Nati Torangatera through my grandfather Dodi Winera, and I'm Narua Hini Nati Ruanui through my through my um, grandmother Huinga Nguju Robinson. Um, so I was born in, in Taranaki, in Hawara. Um, and when I was three and my brother was just a, a, a newborn baby, my mum my mum died. Um, and so I was brought up by my Pākehā dad and, um, and my grandmother um, until I was sort of at school age, primary school, I guess. And then um, dad married again. And my stepmom now, Irene, um, who's Pākehā, um, that's sort of how I was brought up. So that might explain a few things, Mawera, um, that you know of me. I didn't really get to know my Māori family um, until I was a teenager and old enough and stroppy enough to say to my father, uh, that is my mother's family and I need to get to know them. So it, it's, it's, it's been a, uh, an unusual um, upbringing. Um, it's been full of not so great but hugely amazing um, things and in fact radio broadcasting um, is my background. Um, I established Te Kurimako Taranaki um, in 1991 and um, and then worked at Te Upukutu 
Tika, the Māori Radio Network, um, actually as the station manager for two years um, in Wellington. So it, it's been it's been a long time between uh, radio mics. So I'm a bit delighted to be <laughs> here, really. <laughs> How did lockdown go for you? How did lockdown go for me? Um, it was a bit lonely. My my husband was working six day weeks, twelve hour days. So I'd get up really early in the morning to get him organised to go off to work, and then I wouldn't see him until it was dark um, again at night um, when he was exhausted and just really wanted to have his tea and a bit of a chit chat and then go to bed. So <laughs> that's what my sort of six to eight weeks was like. I was really actually quite happy to get back to work where I could. Um, you know, communicate and, and, and natter and talk with, with my doc colleagues. So, yeah, it was a bit strange, I have to say. Got a lot of work done. Did you work during lockdown? I did. Probably, probably seven day weeks. That was a bit sad. What were you working Just on? Just on the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, well, as Marwera knows, we've got a, a, a huge big um, project ahead of us. So, um, large-scale pest management, which includes not only pest animals, but pest pathogens, so that's Cody dieback, myrtle rust, um, but also pest plants. So there's, there's certainly a, a lot to be doing, a lot to be thinking about and planning for the year ahead. And while everybody noticed that the birds came back during lockdown, I imagine that the pests had a bit of a ball as well. Well, they did, but honestly, they just got... Um, it, the birds were just so noisy; it didn't really matter about anything else, did it? It was. It I was just thought. I, I thought that was amazing, and I think it was because we weren't running around in cars with carbon dioxide spewing out into the atmosphere. Absolutely. I'm going to take the first of your music choices. Let's have you two with Sunday Bloody Sunday. No, it was actually quite a difficult question, Marwera, when you asked me about my my, my favourite sort of music. Uh, and I don't know about what it is about our age group, but we automatically go back to our teenage, young adult years, really, don't we? So, yeah, the rowdier and louder, the better. Yeah. Oh, and back then, Sunday Bloody Sunday had a swear word in it. So that made it even more excellent. Exactly. When we were 12 and 13. My father saying, why do you want to listen to that bloody song?
So now we're not in lockdown anymore. Has life returned to normal? Is it the same normal? It has returned to normal, but it isn't the same normal. Um, although people are trying really hard for it to become um, the same normal, I think. But, oh, I don't know. I think it was a sign from above that we aren't treating our planet very well and we need to do something about that. And coming back to normal doesn't sort of quite cut the mustard anymore, does it? I don't, I don't think we'll ever be normal again, although there's some normalising of our daily life, I guess. But, yeah, it's a new normal. And I hope we don't go back to ever thinking that life is going to be cosy all the time because clearly... That all happened for a reason, and I guess we're just in clusters discussing it all and and wondering what's going to come next and are we prepared. Have you seen in your area any positive sort of community responses? Um, Yeah, well, um, because we're sort of quite isolated anyway, uh, our community was um, one of a number of Māori communities throughout the country who locked down uh, in, in, in the whole sort of terminology of that, meaning, you know, we had uh, people were stopped. They had to have stickers if they were residents. They had to have a reason why they wanted to come into our community. And that was really so that, you know, we were reducing the spread of COVID-19. Did the community pull together? It was kind of a strange thing that the the very act of telling the community that they had to stay apart actually brought quite a lot of communities together. Did you get that feeling? Yeah, um, and and so did this, believe it or not. So whilst to begin with it seemed quite divisive, I thought it was going to be divisive to begin with. Um, actually, I think people, um, as we reduced the number of camper vans that were coming in to, to, to park uh, by the beach. Um, we, we, got, we didn't have any of that because they weren't allowed in. So I, I think there was real appreciation from the rest of the community that something had been done. So what was deemed a negative, I think, um, actually brought the community together at the end of the day. It certainly made us rethink, or given us the opportunity to rethink whether this mass tourism is the the way we want to be going. Exactly, and um, the tourism industry is is really scrabbling at the moment, isn't it? Because it doesn't matter who comes in from overseas, there's usually someone in the plane, if not two or three or four people, that are bringing it back into the country. So. Yeah, it's not looking too good, is it, for visitors? So tell me about this, or tell me about the, the mountains that you're looking after. Is it mountains? It's a range, it must be mountains. It's 268,000 hectares of range and forests. It's absolutely amazing. Um, so it goes sort of from uh, Mount Te Aroha, um, up south, in, in the north, sorry, um, Waikato in the west, Bay of Plenty in the east um, through to Rotorua in the south. It's huge. And you just you just can't miss these ranges. They're truly iconic. Um, it's like the fault line that goes right down through to the mountains. Um, it's just amazing. And it's all ours, Marwera, isn't it? It's all ours. <laughs> and we're going to keep covered in trees and not covered in possums and wallabies. Exactly. Wallabies. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? And what's your connection to it? Is it a feeling, a personal feeling of place? Oh, well, this is where my husband is from. So he's Nati Pikiya. This is why we live here in Little Waihe. This is where his mum and dad were. It was our beach batch for many, many years. And um, uh, one, uh, probably six years ago, he said, OK, hun, the deal was 25 years in my um, Rohi and and uh, and then twenty five years in mine and and that day has come. I'm off, <laughs> and I expect to see you in a year <laughs> with your suitcases here in the Western Bay of Plenty. So very begrudgingly, and now uh, sort of like a, a year later, I had extracted myself from my favourite city in all the world, Wellington, um, and um, it probably took 
18 months. I love it now. I just love it here. We go back to visit Wellington. Um, it's always nice to go and stay there, but it's also really great to leave and come back here. I never thought that I would see the day, really. So the the fact that there is a a land care trust looking after the helping look after the the land is it has it been threatened? What what state is it in? Um. Well, unlike the Rokumara Forest, which is Fakatani Way, so over your way, Mawera, um, that forest is decimated. So a lot of the trees are just stumps. You know, they're sort of um, almost ashen um, because the the pests have been so rampant. They've just eaten everything. Um, they're also it, it not in a metropolitan area like we are, so they're probably going to be able to use um, that awful poison that, that people don't like. But when you've got as many pests as they have, um, then the use of 1080 um, is, yeah, probably a really good idea. We, on the other hand, are right smack in the middle of, um, you know, a metropolitan area. So whilst the city doesn't go right up into the ranges, it's right circles right around it. So um, it's it's a very unusual situation but it's it's just amazing does that mean that, yep. that people are quite aware of it and, and connected to it very aware of it so we talk about ma- the mountains to the sea so there's a uh, uh, quite a number of um, rivers um, streams that flow down from the top um, and you've got lots of care groups who look after uh, planting of streams and waterways um, you know making sure that the Fish life is is as well. Um, the farmers are, are are pretty good at keeping their cattle away from from wading in the water. They do a lot of planting themselves, riparian planting. So, I think with the schools and the focus on um, biodiversity, um, that the public help hugely in um, just looking after the land. There's lots of waterfalls and streams and, you know, it's just, it's a beautiful place. We just want to hear more birds. We want to bring the birds back is, is, is one of the slogans that we have, bring back the birds. I was going to say, do you have a long-term vision, but it's more of a long-term hearing? <laughs> it is, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the forum that, um, that I'm the co-ordinator of has been around for 10 years plus. Um, you know, this is an iconic area uh, and the people that live here uh, are really, you know, they're nature lovers, um, both older people as well as um, the young ones and everything in between. So, yeah, it's a pretty amazing place. Mawena, you've lived in this area all your life, haven't you, in Whakatane? No, I'm from Dunedin. I've, You're um, from Dunedin, right? In South Islander, I've lived here in the north for... 33 years, but lived for 14 of those in Tauranga, in the shadow of those, those beautiful, that beautiful range. So is it fair to say that it's pretty green here, isn't it, in terms of um, people interested uh, in, in, you know, becoming involved in conservation There's never a problem of people trying to get people who want to be out there doing it in shovel-ready projects are always only a, a sort of a phone tree away, aren't they? You know, yeah. if someone calls someone who calls someone and all of a sudden you've got a crew and and, um, and they're out there doing it. Uh, interesting that the conservation estate is quite significant in the Bay of Plenty and that will be taking a nice breather at the moment. That's always a problem, isn't it, around here. The conservation estate gets hammered. And, um, yeah. and at the moment, we're taking a nice rest. Yeah, absolutely. So um, over the beginning of summer, it was what was deemed a master year. So I think it happens um, in cycles, but that's when um, the, the fruit, the berries, et cetera, just explode. So it, it's just like everything sort of came to, together in a perfect storm because what lots of food and berries and um, green shoots and everything means is a lot more pests. So it was sort of a perfect storm. So we had a lot more destruction going on in our forest. We've got a lot, we've got a lot of work to do. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokadui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie.
I hope you're all having the best day. Beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. And I really, really hope that whatever is happening around you, wherever you are, whatever beautiful sights and sounds and smells and tastes and colors and textures and patterns and other life forms, I hope that all of the wonderful surroundings that you find yourself embraced by are filling you with a sense of love and encouragement and support as part of the infinite web of life. And I really hope that everything that's been happening for you as we have been sharing this journey from lockdown level four, level three, level two, and now the intoxicating freedom of level one is just showing you more and more who you are, the triumph of nature's art, the product of literally billions of years of co-evolution on this paradise planet, and like all life, perfect, unique, and here with new wonderful gifts to share. And I'm so grateful that I'm now back at my heart's home, Orokunui Eco Sanctuary, frolicking about with beautiful people of all ages exploring the real world, the living world, the natural world. And I'm very lucky to get to do this with Sam's amazing wife, Lizzie. And we've had a wonderful day today being visited by the beautiful Puro Kanui School from over the hill from Orokunui. And it's just been so wonderful having them to visit. And they're a very small school. They're a very supportive school. All the different ages of children work together to a kanatena. And we just loved having them to visit us today. I was really moved by how their kaiako really, really are supporting their learning in terms of the children, some of the children wanted to learn about the eco-architecture of the building because they want to design and build their own ecologically supportive structures, which is really exciting, and pursue this on an ongoing basis for the rest of their lives, which is very exciting. And the school embraced this with open arms and said to me, this is what they'd like to focus on today. So, of course, this was very exciting for me because I love it when curiosity is supported. And curiosity is one of my favourite, favourite qualities that we as a species of animal possess. And, of course, in fact, all species of life possesses and we would not be here without the curiosity of all our ancestors, all life that has ever been lived. We would not be here without the curiosity that spurred on all the adventures, all the learning, all the co-evolution, all the creation, all the cooperation, all the communication, all the love that has led to our lives now. So curiosity is really a wonderful quality to be supported and celebrated and encouraged every single moment of every single day. So I loved working with the curiosity of these beautiful people that came to visit us today. And not only did we explore the building, look at all the different features, but we thought of it in terms of the context of all life, creating structures to live in and modifying their environments in various ways in order to find shelter and how we can explore this and experience this in lots and lots of different ways so it can be more of a symbiotic relationship and something that I of course started to think about is how important it is for us to feel that we can share what we're passionate about and we can share what we're fascinated by and not only with the people around us but with ourselves that we're encouraging and allowing ourselves to really pursue what our consciousness is attracted to. And it could be something completely out of the blue that's completely different from where we've been going and what we've been doing. And it might seem to this long-established self and this mind-constructed self very out of the blue and very strange. But I think it's so important that in just the same way that we support and encourage those around us to follow their passions and fulfill their curiosity for the new, that we allow ourselves the same permission to explore and adventure into new uncharted territory. So I hope that for you, 
you're really enjoying this time. And I hope that for you, every day in Level 1 is the most wonderful adventure. And I'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Kakite. Strange. It happens every year. And every year I sort of suffer through it. I wasn't quite so bad this year, but it's duck season. Hmm. So you have people coming down here with shotguns to do their favourite sport, which is killing ducks. But um, I've got it. I sort of got it firmly in my mind this year that it was all about culling. It was okay. They were culling because there's so many ducks, but they're very clever. They just float on top of the water and just stay there until the duck shooters go and then they fly off to wherever they have to go. It's hilarious. I was just checking the spelling of your name and it's come up on Volunteering New Zealand. Oh, yes, I'm a board member. Oh. Yeah, I'm the Māori rep. Oh, nice. Yeah, it is cool, actually. So trying really hard to affect change. Yeah, happening slowly, but yeah. Karen Smith. Do you know Karen Smith? I do know Karen Smith. There's quite a few Karen Smiths. Karen Karen Smith, Smith that is, I think she's on that board, but she's a um, professor at Vic. Yes, she was. She was on the board. She is, yeah, she's lovely and um, very highly intelligent. So she, she's involved. She's Still involved, not as a board member, but certainly in an advisory capacity. But she's my cousin. Is she really? Mm. Oh, she's lovely. Yeah, we hadn't seen her for a very long time since uh, we left England. And um, then she turned up having... Um, she turned up actually for her first job interview at Vic. Um, and it turned out that she had done an almost identical PhD to my sister. You're kidding. Okay. Life. Life is... <laughs> Life is strange, isn't it? It's wonderful. And wonderful, yeah. Have we seen a, an increased reliance on volunteering over the, the, the lockdown? I suppose during lockdown four, people weren't able to do things unless what they were doing in a volunteering sense was essential. Yeah, I think um, just in the short time that I've been involved with um, Volunteering New Zealand is that one of the biggest changes was um, the student army in Christchurch. So I think that really change things. I think young people really sort of found their feet in their city with that and I think that that um, sort of replicated itself across the country. Is there a gap in volunteering? I imagine that there's an awful, that, that it's got the, the young people there engaged. Is there a gap in people when they're sort of in their 30s and 40s? I suppose people are involved in... Maybe around 30s and 40s, yes. Certainly for older people, um, here in, in the Bay of Plenty, they're the ones that are out um, volunteering with pest management, putting out traps and, yeah, killing pests. Um, so I think it's that, that generation, that age um, that, that you were talking about, that probably um, bringing up young families, either bringing up young families or having lots of parties. So, you know, you're, you're busy either way, aren't you? <laughs> Partying young children, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the partying leads to young children. Well, for some, yes, possibly. But um, fascinating, really, isn't it? Um, I I think New Zealanders have been brought up with that ethic of helping other people through their grandparents, through their parents, um, maybe through their aunties and uncles. Um, I guess it's the same in other countries, but it just seems to be something that Kiwis do. Don't even think about it, really. And it might only be for a short time, um, or it might be every year for one particular thing that they want to do. Um, Red Cross was how I started, and that's what my grandmother used to do. So I just sort of took that up and just just to help. Great do way you, of getting to meet people. Do you think that 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 drive in us to help and to support and make the world better for others has been one of the successes one of the keys to success for COVID the way that things have happened here and how it was able to be controlled yeah I think so Mawera uh, I think Kiwis are just innately not nice people and not everyone but the majority seem to be they just want to be able to help other people people that they see um, you know perhaps aren't 
not as not well off in terms of money, but just just being able to help other people. I think we sort of most of us, I think, quite like to do that. Liesel Mitchell is a downtown dweller, urban explorer, and conversationalist, observing city life in lockdown. Well, hi there, bubble folk. It's Liesel here. Hope you are having one of those great days where sunshine is filling your heart. That is what I am hoping for you every single day. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, where do you go with that? Um, right, well, today I was thinking about a story that I was talking to my dad about um, earlier in the week, and I was just... Uh, Remarking on hugging, because I am not a hugger. And I am trying to get better at being a hugging person, because I do think hugs are good things. Like, as long as they're with people that you like. I'm not a big fan of hugging people I don't like. So I don't mind even hugging strangers, as long as there's not a feeling, you know, that you don't really like this person. Because, let's be honest, a hug is pretty close. Even if you do the A-frame hug where you're sort of not really body touching, you're still coming in pretty close. And as we know in these COVID times, we're trying to reduce some of that context. So hugging is not necessarily even a great idea at the moment. But I think we're in a position in New Zealand where we can be a little bit closer to people, I guess, uh, without too much worry. So, although I'm just making that very clear that I'm not advocating hugging in times of COVID but in this level one environment I think we can hug some people um yeah so (laughs) the hugging story as I was talking to my dad and I was saying ah you know I find hugging really difficult um I like my personal space and it's not my go-to I don't tend to want to grab people when I see them some people I do but most people that's not my inclination but Like I say, I'm working on this and I had some interesting conversation with someone recently where they said, and you may already know about this, but I hadn't really, I didn't know an awful lot about it and maybe that's because I'm not a hugger, so I'm not down with the hugging information. But um, this person was telling me that, you know, you have to hug for at least 20 seconds for the, I guess, the endorphins, the chemicals, the good feel-good stuff that comes with hugging that's really good for humans, um, that's, that needs to be released. And if you just have a quick little perfunctory sort of like grab and release, it doesn't actually get those chemicals working. But if you hold somebody, and hold, that's quite an intimate word, but when you hold somebody for 20 seconds or more, Um, apparently that's when you start to release some of those chemicals so I've tried a couple of 20 second hugs recently I'm I'm experimenting with this I'm I'm going fine yep I'm I'm diving in the deep end and I'm going to do some hugging and I'm going to experiment about the length of the hug (laughs) so after I'd been talking to my dad about the 20 second hug when we left uh, our meeting our meeting our coffee catch-up we hugged as we normally do and we were about to release the hug after a few seconds and I said hang on a minute hang on we need to do a 20 second hug and it wasn't our usual hug length I discovered that was actually quite a long time to be hugging so um, you should try the 20 second see what you feel because the other thing that I was going to talk about was the $20 hug which is when you have had a conflict with um, your partner then um, this sort of theory also can apply, except this story that I heard was that if this couple had any kind of conflict where they needed to resolve it, or they weren't really liking each other, um, (laughs) they had to hug, and they had $20 pinned on their um, fridge that if one of them refused to hug, then the rule was that you had to cut up the $20 note. So that was supposedly an incentive that they didn't really want to have to cut up a $20 note and you can make it more than $20 I guess as a but I, I like this 20 second $20 kind of like you know link in the story so anyway the idea was if they were in conflict they had to um they couldn't walk away until they had a hug and they had to hold the hug for five minutes like it was a 
really quite intense amount of time. And they said it was just hideous, like the first sort of 20 seconds, 30 seconds was pretty awful. But after that, and especially after the first minute, they said actually, you know, whatever they were angry about, it started to be like, oh, was it really actually, was it really that bad? And gosh, I was being a bit of a dick too, wasn't I? Oh, I could have been a bit kinder about that. I actually do really care about this human being. I actually love this human being. Why were we being so mean to each other? And at the end of that five minutes, things felt better. So I will leave you with that, the 20 second hug and the $20 hug. I hope you have a wonderful day. Catch you soon. Of all of the things that we've seen change over the last few months, what do you think will stick and what do you hope will stick? I think it's people being concerned for other people. I, th- I think in our community, um, because it is a beachside community, so you do sort of get to know other people, whereas in other places which are quite similar in makeup, um, you just stick to your own, you just you keep to yourself your 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 friends are those that, that, that come to visit you rather than your neighbours. Um, and I think that maybe that's what COVID helped us with again because a lot of families didn't get together with their larger family members, did they? So um, I think after eight weeks, you are sort of starved for, com- for company. So just looking over the fence and actually talking to your neighbours, I think became um, quite the thing to do. and people really enjoyed it and oh my gosh that person next door is actually really nice and we might continue to have these chats over the fence even visit each other i thought it was quite extraordinary really i've forgotten the date already but the when we moved down to whatever level it was on that thursday when we were allowed to hug family members that weren't in the in our immediate bubble it was an amazing day it was kind of surreal and I, I think that if we're looking for a new public holiday, we should make that New Zealand's National Hug Day. Oh, what a great, what a great idea. I'd support that. What I didn't enjoy about that particular week was that people got in their cars again and we just, you know, then all of a sudden you were in a traffic jam and, you know, you didn't hear the birds as often as you had done. I thought that was a bit sad, but inevitable, but a bit but- sad. Well, yeah, but it, that's, that inevitability was strange because the week before, I remember us walking around the streets and hadn't seen a car for an hour. I think, this is nice. Why don't we just do this? Yeah. And But we went back to normal so quickly, didn't we? But we have shown that we can do it. We have yeah, shown I'm... that we can make changes when we want to. Yeah. So if we need changes to look after... To, to look after the environment or for climate change or social justice, I think that it's given us the, the message that now we we actually can do these things. I mean, let's face it, we've got an extraordinary Prime Minister and the fact that we we all just seem to go along with it because she explained it and it made sense and so that's what we did. And look at the results. Um, it's just a shame that New Zealanders who were overseas have to come back and there's other... There's other visitors coming back with them. Otherwise, we'd still be. I, I think we're still way ahead, though, aren't we, in terms of what um, other countries are having to put up with? Well, so far, all of the, there hasn't been any COVID outside the quarantine. Yay. So that's what we would hope to happen. While the rest of the world has got it, we want them to be stopping. I, I wish that they'd work out a way of reporting those numbers differently. Yeah, likewise. Um, wasn't it fabulous just watching what people were doing at home and they had all of those opportunities for families to video themselves and it's just extraordinary wasn't it yeah Yeah, families having games nights by zoom exactly serious yeah it was kind of special really my son and i who my son is um, studying engineering in christchurch and he had gone back we we invented over over zoom a new board game and I, we've had, we've had several versions of it. It's not really a board game. It's more of a, a chess on steroids. Um, and we've we've printed off several versions of it and drawn out several versions of it. But I I printed off a proper version of it today. So we're going to we're going to pl- play a proper version of it today. Do you think Do you think you might be onto a winner? Well, you we like to it. I'm a millionaire. <laughs> we with your like it. Dreamed up <laughs> over COVID nineteen. 
we do like it. It's all about changing the rules. So it, it was probably prompted by the rules changing. The rules <laughs> for our life were, were changing. What a great idea. No. My favorite my favorite rule is the it's an action actually an action is the you remove all the pieces around the around one of the rooks, which is called dig the moat. So that little castle gets a moat around it. And all uh, of the, all of the rules are things like that. So and um maybe, So what maybe, does that mean you have to do so no one can steal your idea? I think you need to do that pretty quickly. Uh, maybe. Or maybe we just say this is this is not for us to get rich. Maybe this is just something that's come out of this, and people might like it. They might like it so much, you might make yeah. some money. <laughs> yeah, maybe. have some questions to end the show with sure what is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years i know i know <laughs> i was gonna say just I, I just i love being a grandmother to be honest so that 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 so that's um personal that's really what i'm yeah but um i guess uh work-wise gosh um two years to put together an entity that's up and running with lots of people engaged and moving pretty much in the same direction. Um, yeah, I think that's, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty proud of being part of all of that. Yeah, for the Manaki Kaimai Mamaku Trust and um, the Forum Steering Group and the Forum Project Groups. It's pretty amazing. They're doing some amazing work. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes, the collection of people doing good work, our team of people. So you're in our superhero mansion. What's the superpower that's got you there? 
I'd like to say patience, but <laughs> um, try, trying to sort of um, steer the mothership in, 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 in the direction that fits in with what it is that I'm paid to undo um, has been really challenging. But um, every time we get to a milestone, people sort of sigh with relief that, that finally we, we made that milestone and actually what they're telling me is that we are heading in the right direction. So, yeah, can't be too bad for everyone. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Um, yes, I'm pausing for a long period of time here because, yeah, I think I, I, I've always pushed the boundaries and what it is that I have done, um, but, but not in such a way that people would give me that title of an activist. I'm, I'm, I'm more sort of do it by stealth, I guess, you know, undercover, taking people along without them really realising what they might be um, in for. So what's the, the role of a positive mindset in the work you do? What's the role of a positive mindset? Oh, I think that's, that's really just about keeping your head above water and, and, and keeping yourself sane. Because there's so many different personalities involved and everyone's right, no one's wrong, but the, the, the person who's sort of leading people in this particular direction, but happy to sort of, you know, waver off one way or the other, but, but still moving them forward, yeah, that's challenging. And what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Um, well, there, there is a job to do, and um, the job really appealed to me. You know, the the end result of what the job is to do, and that's what motivates me. And and actually, that's what's happening. And then every now and then, I'm really spoiled, and I get to meet someone lovely like Marweta, who I'd never met before. It was it was just by chance that she's become part of this group. Um, yeah, I, I think those. When things like that happen, it, it's usually when things are really tough and then, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel or someone pops up and you think, oh, my gosh, thank goodness. Okay. <laughs> what, is the biggest, what is the biggest challenge you're looking forward to in the next couple of years? I'll probably extracting myself from this. So now that I'm, I'm, I'm right in the middle of it, um, you know, it, it will be time soon to... to, to, to to let it go to someone else to take to the next part of it. I'm hoping I've got something else within this big project that um, will keep me um, busy and still involved with it. But, yeah. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? There are so many pests everywhere that we always need people to, to join in to get rid of them. Pest animals, pest plants, pest pathogens. I mean, we live in... God's country. It is just beautiful. It's such an amazing place. Um, but it can be even better than it is now. And that's just about people looking up, looking around, and just really taking note of the amazing things that are around us. So whilst we've got the sea, we've got water that comes down from the mountains to the sea. And everything in between that is just beautiful. We are so lucky. Thank you for that. Mawira, any thoughts on closing? Um, just to remember while we're thinking about our pest animals that pest animals are also really good food and free food. Uh, and fur, beautiful fur. I think we can do lots with possum skins. Yes, we can. Yeah. Industry. Let's create another industry. Let's make it a thing to do. There you are. I've, really, are... Enjoyed, I've really enjoyed this. Thank you. There's your challenge. You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe to us in all the usual places. We've had contributions from Tahu McKenzie and Liesl Mitchell. I'm Sawyer's... No, I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin with Mawera Karatai in Fakatani, and I saw this line coming up at me and I don't know the answer and Wendy Rapana in Oh, Little Waihe in Tauranga. 
We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.